Welcome to Pathfinder Academy. Class is now in session. Here are your professors, Caleb and Christian. Good morning, class. You may be seated. Today's lesson is Pathfinder 317 NPC Builder. This is part of our 300 series covering advanced topics. Christian, there are times when your players are going to come up against NPCs, and they're not beasts from the bestiaries. They're just, hey, listen, I'm just the blacksmith. And the question comes, how in the world do you get those things stats? Well, if they're not in combat, why does it matter? Because believe it or not, Christian, this is not just a combat game. You can roll bluff. You can roll sense of motive. There is every assortment of things you can do with NPCs. And if you're anything like the players I've had in the past, it probably will turn into combat, though there's no sane reason it should. <laughs> what you mean not everything is resolved on the grid <laughs> meet me on the grid <laughs> one of you want me on the grid bro final destination five foot move speed <laughs> no magic items allowed in the core rulebook are rules on how to make npcs and they're kind of like building normal pc classes but just simplified and boiled down to make it easy and quick. In season two, uh, for the first time ever, I used the NPC builder to actually build the NPC since there was a lot of NPCs that were going to be with the party or selectable from the party and using the NPC builder. And I can tell you, it's actually not super fast, but it is way faster than making regular PCs using fighter and rogue and all that. Now you can just use the PC rules to make an NPC. That's an entirely valid thing. And they outline that as an option. You can just make what is effectively a PC, but it is an NPC. But obviously that's time consuming and the point of this is that it's a little bit more streamlined and easier to do. So they give you step by step here and we're going to follow those steps to see what it's like to build an NPC. So step one, the basics. You determine what role you want for your NPC. You pick its race and choose a class. And they give five classes to pick from, specifically NPC classes. And if I were your GM, by the way, I would also say PCs can never pick these classes because we'll find out one is going to be overpowered for a PC. Wait, really? Mm -hmm. Interesting. I, I'm going to learn something today. <laughs> You're going to learn that I'm wrong. You'd be like, no, Caleb, you're wrong. <laughs> 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 well, let's take a look at the classes. First is the Aristocrat. They have a D8 hit die. They have four skill points per level, a three-fourths BAB progression. Their good save is Will, and they have Praise, Bluff, Craft, Diplomacy, Disguise, Handle Animal, Intimidate, All Knowledge Skills, Linguistics, Perception, Perform, Profession, Ride, Sense Motive, Survival, and Swim. And they have Simple and Martial Proficiency, as well as All Armor and Shields. Aristocrats are your idea of this is the princess, this is the king, the queen, this sort of deal. Maybe your governors. Some kind of learned person, having knowledge all. They have obviously had some sort of education. They have training with all types of weapons and shields. They're really good in between NPC class. They're not a full-on fighter. They're not a full-on skill monkey, but they have a little bit of everything. I find it interesting they get tower shield proficiency. I guess they figure some sort of, like, you know, protector at night or something. I don't know. I guess when you just become a, a king, that's just, like, part of one of the things you learn. And here is the big table <laughs> shield. Hold it, Mr. King. You never know. In the middle of a banquet, you know, something goes wrong, you gotta use that table as a shield. I want to have a tower shield king now. Whenever danger arises, he just slaps up a giant shield and everyone else does the work. <laughs> Well, that is it. That's all their class abilities. And that's how you're going to figure that we customize these NPC classes. It's usually those features. That's it. You're not getting a lot of other additional things. What makes this class stand out from other classes? The fighter has a bunch of other class abilities, weapon training, armor training. Not these guys. Only one other class 
we'll find out has more than just these basic abilities. Next is the commoner. The commoner is to represent your unlearned common person that is just a citizen, has really no special training, probably something along the lines of a farmer or a laborer. And they're really bad. It's apparently normal people in Pathfinder could do nothing right. They have a D6 hit die, the worst. They get two skill points per level, the worst. They get one half BAB, the worst. The worst. <laughs> they have literally no good saving throws. They have only bad saving throws. They get like six class skills. Climb, craft, handle animal, perception. I take it back, the best. <laughs> Profession, ride, and swim. And they don't even get simple weapon proficiency. They get proficiency with one single simple weapon of your choice. <laughs> so choose wisely. I imagine for the farmer, you pick like the pitchfork. For the chef, you pick the knife. Very basic. Worst class in the game. Not an opinion. The hook hand if they're a pirate. That's right. <laughs> a commoner pirate. I don't think I've ever made a commoner before, but. Never felt the need to because just say that they don't do whatever they're trying to do and <laughs> you have a commoner. I feel like you're going to win every roll against them. But anyway, that's there if you want to give stats to your basic dudes. Next is the expert. They have a D8 hit die. They get six skill points per level, three quarters BAB. They have a good will save. And for their class skills, they get to choose 10 of their choice. And they are proficient with all simple weapons and light armor. In my opinion, this one would be a little overpowered for any player to pick because you're getting okay hit dice. You're getting very good skill points. And then, hey, any class skills that you don't have, now 10 of them are class skills. For most classes, maybe not the fighter and a few others, this will make it so that every skill there is is a class skill for you now. Is giving up a level of class features really good enough just to get some class skills? Maybe not, but it's not hurting you anywhere else. You're getting okay health and you're getting three quarters BAB. You're not even getting half BABs. Even for the martial guys out there, you're not paying a big price. Or you can just dip in ranger or rogue and get like the same thing but more maybe i don't know i wouldn't let my players do this it feels a lot gamey well typically not you you wouldn't just because they kind of operate on a different axis than normal pc classes whether that's good or bad like good for the character bad for the character i don't think it'd be good for the gameplay if someone dipped into this i did have a game once where a player just wanted to be a rich person a snooty rich guy and literally only took levels an aristocrat <laughs> and had like a manservant following around that he commanded amazing. about it was, it was amazing the reason you could pick the class skills is so you can reflect any expert in their field you want to be the blacksmith you can pick the skills that are necessary for that this opens up to every job out there from lifeguard to chef everything you can pick and tailor exactly for the expert to be fair a medieval lifeguard has to have some pretty insane skills i mean the only <laughs> body of wilders that exist are definitely inhabited by monsters without a doubt every single one or their moats so next we have the warrior. The warriors are your idea of a fighter, someone who is only really trained to fight, a protector, a guard, something along those lines. They have a d10 hit die. They get two skill points per level. They have full base attack bonus. They have a good fortitude save. They get climb, craft, handle animal, intimidate, profession, ride, and swim as class skills. And they are proficient with all simple and martial weapons and all armors and shields, including tower shields. I mean, it's got full BAB. You know what you're here for, and they got it. Slap it on your knights, and you got somebody to protect your king. Lastly, we have Adept. They got D6 hit die, two skill points per level, half BAB progression, they're good save as will, their class skills are craft, handle animal, heal, knowledge, all, profession, spellcraft, and survival. They're proficient with all simple weapons. And these are your casters. They get spells, 
off of a chart here, you'll see that are pretty much the slowest progression of every caster there is, I believe. They're divine prepared spellcasters. They're wisdom based. They'll meditate and pray to get their spells. And they need a divine focus, a holy symbol to cast their spells. The spell list is pretty small. It fits on like an eighth of the page. And the other ability they get is Summon Familiar, where at second level they get a familiar just as a wizard can using the Arcane Bond ability. It's interesting that they're getting, you know, the wizard's familiar, but they're getting a cleric or a divine spell list. There is no class here that will give you the arcane caster. I really like the adept. I don't like the fact that they're literally commoners, but better. It makes me very angry that they get all simple weapon proficiency. I am angry at the balance between the NPC classes. <laughs> what has my life devolved into? Uh, but for representing your village elder, your wizened spellcaster who has learned over time, I think the adept is a really, really good class for that. And ironically, I think if you were to play a PC as an NPC class, this would be the most viable because it can cast spells. But they're mostly supportive spells, not really anything directly damaging here. It's mostly buff type and cure type spells. I just find it weird that they picked the one caster for the NPC class to be divine. I guess they just know all their players are always going to go to churches and try to get healed. <laughs> yeah, it is interesting that there's no arcane option, but I guess that's where a wizard is represented. They would have to at least put a level in wizard or something. Well, that's all the classes. So we've finished step one. <laughs> oh, hey, didn't see you there. My friend Christian and I were just playing some role-playing games. Hey, Caleb, do you think these guys would be interested in joining us? You know, I bet they would. I mean, if they listen to Pathfinder Academy, they gotta be cool, right? If role-playing games are your thing, why don't you guys check out our other podcast, Trailblazers? Trailblazers is an actual play podcast where you can see many of the concepts addressed in this show come to life. Season 2 of Trailblazers has been great so far, and I especially like that you can get into it without any prior knowledge of Season 1. It's definitely a fun adventure, especially if you like mysteries and a dash of cyberpunk with your fantasy. If high fantasy is more your style, then consider giving Season 1 a listen. You can find Trailblazers on iTunes. We've got a bunch of other ways to listen as well, so go to our site tblazer.net for a complete list of the ways that you can listen. So go ahead, grab some dice, and join us. All right, Christian, you come across an obviously important character to the plot. What do you do? I immediately shoot him in the face. Ugh, Christian. Step two is you determine your ability scores. There are three ways to do it. There are two preset, a basic and heroic, which will have numbers for you. For example, basic is 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, and 13. And heroic is 8, 10, 12, 13, 14, 15. And you assign those to whatever ability scores you want. And then there's also a chart so you can disperse the scores based on certain types. Melee, range, divine, arcane, and skill. Good. I'm, I'm happy to be able to just look at a chart and say that's what I want because my guy is going to be a skill monkey. Good. Everything I want for the NPC builder is to make this simple and quick. So to give an example, if you were using the table and you're asking yourself, well, if I have a skill-based NPC, what should their abilities be? It's telling you that if you're using the basic line, the weaker line for an NPC, they should have 13 intelligence, whereas you're using the heroic line, stronger NPCs, they should have 15 intelligence. They increase in levels like normal. Every four levels, look at a point that they can put into any ability score. They get feats um, like at normal rate, all that sort of thing. Then step three is you pick their skills. You assign your skill points normally, or there's also a chart to help you where it'll give you a number of skills 
that you pick that are class skills, they just get a number of points in them equal to your level. For example, here they have expert six plus int mod. So you pick that many six plus int mod skills. Those all equal to your level. So if you're a level seven expert, those all have seven ranks in them. And step four, feats. Now this is really interesting because they list feats based on types. The arcane caster, divine caster with channeling, a divine caster without channeling, melee finesse fighter, melee unarmed fighter, melee mounted, melee sword and shield fighter, melee two-handed fighter, melee two-weapon fighter, ranged, and skill. Those are phenomenal lists to help you because looking through so many feats can be a burden. When you hear, I need my two-handed fighter, okay, okay, cool. They hear, have here, cleave, great cleave. They've got great fortitude, improved initiative, improved sunder. Okay, these are great things. Also, simple things. I don't have to really keep track of a lot of numbers. This is very helpful for creating NPCs quickly. Do note this was created in the core rulebook. So it is not an expansive selection of feats. If you're someone that wants more depth and wants to use more recent material, you'll have to do a little bit of digging yourself. But I do think in terms of creating an NPC, these are very useful lists. I kind of wish we had something like this for a greater list for PCs. I agree. I agree completely. And that's the big downside about this NPC creator is that like even the spell list for the adept, it's all based on core. All these feats, all based on core. These never got modified to my knowledge. I would have loved it if some books add these things to the list, but oh well. So step five is class features. You fill in your class features. They give a good tip here for the spellcaster. Choose a variety of spells for the highest two level spells. And for all other levels, stick to a few basic spells prepared multiple times. Because you probably won't use that many lower spells. Very good for making your guy quick. Now your class features, for aside from the adept, you don't really have anything that matters. But if you're multi-classing them into PC levels, then it will. So step six, gear. There's a table for wealth by level, which is lower than the PC's wealth would be. And it's divided into categories. Weapons, protection, magic, limited use, and gear. So you know how much to spend on each of them. Which is also helpful. But you know, gear can be a nightmarish task. But when you're limited like this, it makes it easier. And then lastly, step seven, details. Determine attack and damage bonus. CMB, CMD, initiative modifier, AC, all those normal stats that are going to be filled out by the choices you made. And it suggests picking the HP by average. Christian, can I be angry for a second? Always, Caleb. I am uh, ready and willing to be berated at. I'm sorry for whatever I did, but go ahead. Do your thing. It's not you. They give an example creative NPC here. It's a Ranger 4 Rogue 2. Not a single NPC class. I need an example of the thing you just showed me, Paizo. He looks cool, though. They're showing you a more difficult version of it. It's just a stat line. It's just a stat line. Show me in this the PC section. I need an NPC example. Ugh. Ugh. (laughs) Oh, there you go. There's Kira Moore, the forest shadow, also known as the disappointment. I think that multiclassing is healthy for NPCs because multiclassing is typically bad, and NPCs are a really good chance to test that playing field without feeling like you're wasting a player character on it. Yeah, I guess. We later on are going to go talk about an NPC codex we're talking about in the Game Mastery Guide, and a lot of them multiclass NPC classes and PC classes. Um, When I made my NPCs, I stuck to uh, mainly the NPC classes, except for two specific sort of very important NPCs. I gave them some class levels. The multi-classing route is the one that I like to go when I make NPCs. If you want an NPC that's like an equal or slightly higher level than your PCs, you don't really want to give them full PC levels because that means they're going to outshine your players. But what I like to do is I give them a healthy padding of NPC levels and then top them off with a couple levels of PC classes. That way they have that flavor and they have those abilities to say, yes, I am a wizard or yes, I am a bard. And they have the static bonuses, but they don't have anything that's going to blow the other players out of the water. Like, why can the NPC wizard cast levels three levels higher than me? That's kind of annoying. 
Whereas you can just pad them with NPC levels and that kind of takes them down a notch. To give an example, I had a prince-type character that was supposed to know magic that followed the party around, so I gave him three levels of aristocrat and then three levels of wizard. He could still cast level two spells, so he had his wizard chops, but wasn't going to outshine the party in any way. Yeah, that's a big part of NPCs. When I made the NPCs for Season 2, it was basic and easy to run because, you know, I picked the warrior and gave him the feats they needed to use the guns for Season 2. And and whenever it was his turn, all of his interesting things came off of his equipment. I didn't have to remember his feats or special class abilities. I just needed the stat line there so I knew I could attack and actually hit. But none of it was extraordinary. It took a long time on his turn with things to remember between the five NPCs fighting and, and the other monsters fighting in the battle. It's quick. I got to him. Could do his turn. It was simple. It was able to be refined through gear, and then it let my players go, which you know had more complicated turns. With some indeterminate number of arrows being fired. <laughs> well, that is the NPC builder. It's simple. It's it's still not super fast, especially when you start creating like level ten and higher guys. But the fact that there's no class abilities does make it pretty quick. And these charts here help to make it quick. Here's why I will be a corporate chill and say that I don't use this as much now that I have Hero Lab and creating NPCs that are just player level NPCs or multi-class NPCs is so ridiculously easy that I don't... Who writes stuff down on pen and paper, really? Anyone? Please. Don't lie. I don't use the NPC builder much now because there are so many pre-made stat lines and so many other books I've been able to take from. I, I used them in season two as kind of like to try out the system, but I think in the future there's so many that I'll be able to find other ones that will be quicker. But I do recommend that you do actually have stats for your NPCs. In the past, I've just sort of made things up because I wasn't expecting them to roll against the blacksmith and they never felt great. Yeah, his will saves plus 14. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> That's pretty much what I have to make up. Like I, I would do just be like, oh, he's making a will save. Okay, I'm just going to make it 10. 10 sounds good. And then I would roll based off of 10. And then if they got into counter combat, I'd be like, ugh, now i got to find stats. Anyway, that's the NPC Builder. Now you have to make your own NPCs using this way. Next is the Monster Builder. Ooh, Christian monsters. I'm sure that won't take forever and be a complicated process. I'm fully expecting to have a happy, streamlined, and consistent process. I'm going to be happy to make you unhappy. (laughs) Thank you all for listening. Class is dismissed. Pathfinder Academy is part of the Trailblazer Network. For other great RPG podcasts, visit our website, tblazer.net. Want to get in touch? Email us at tblazernetwork at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at tblazernetwork. This episode was edited by Devin Tonnell. This is Johan Martins. Thanks for listening.